but amen pastor ken is in the house i just want him to come and just greet the church just greet us amen amen this is a wonderful man i was 19 years old when i got in ministry and he would play the piano and the organ and sing and amen he's always been a pillar in the faith so i just want him to greet you this morning before we get ready to go into the word he said he's on break Amen. But that's, we're going to get him to come down and bless us. Amen. Wonderful, wonderful servant of God. <laughs> Praise the Lord, everybody. Praise the Lord, everybody. Praise the Lord, everybody. You ain't got to be saved to say praise the Lord. Amen. <laughs> we're just happy to be here. I'm Pastor Ken Smith of the New Direction Worship Center, Bryan, Texas. My wife, Sister Faye Smith. We decided to come down to Lafayette. For the weekend, praise God, and to fellowship with you. We got here on yesterday afternoon and found a location, and I was excited this morning when it was time to get ready to come into the house of the Lord. It's one thing about the word of the Lord, and I appreciate God for men and women of God who stand for truth. It's not always the popular message. It's not always the thing that'll make folks get happy and excited about hearing it. Though the truth will make us free, it angers those who don't love it. It will. The, the truth will frustrate those who don't love it. And I, I think and I appreciate God when I was sitting here, praise God, before the service started. All I could think about, told my wife, I said, it's time for a road trip. Amen. We're planning on bringing the whole congregation down. Amen. On a Sunday morning, not many days hence. Amen. To come down to Lafayette to fellowship with you, praise God. Hallelujah. Now, I'm an old Louisiana boy myself. I was raised in Slidell, Louisiana. Amen. I know about that. I was lived in Lake Charles up until a few years ago. Amen. But most of the folks that we minister to know nothing about our culture. And I'm talking about boudin and I'm talking about good eating. I'm talking about good fishing and everything else. Praise God. It almost makes me want to move back. Praise God. <laughs> But I want to bring them over here, praise God, to experience. One of the things I understand, and I'm going to get out of the way, is that we learn as we're exposed to things that are different from what you're accustomed to. And I know that our people are going to benefit from being in your presence. Amen. Thank God for Pastor Miller. I'm excited for a, a, a powerful word of God today. Amen. And I just, I'm just hungry, praise God. <laughs> I said, I'm just, I'm just hungry. God bless you. Amen. Keep us in your pr in your prayer as we're traveling. Amen. 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 I'm going to ask that you stand with me. Amen. I just want to give you this scripture real quick. Amen. The Lord put it on my heart and then we'll pray and go into the word. Amen. Coming from Luke chapter two. Uh, Luke chapter two. Uh, verse seven. Amen. You can give me a little more volume, Sean, just a little bit. Luke chapter 2. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. Just up on the stage. I know y'all hear me pretty good, but just so I can hear myself a little better. That's all I need. Just a little bit, if you don't mind. Perfect. Thank you. Thank you so much. Amen. Hallelujah. 
Luke chapter 2, verse 7, and it reads like this, and it's talking about the birth of Christ, amen? It says, and she brought forth her firstborn son, and she wrapped him in swaddling clothes, and then she laid him in a manger, because there was no room for him, for them in the end. It says, and they were in the same country, shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were so afraid. Amen. How many of you know you don't have to be afraid of the presence of God? Amen. You don't have to be afraid to embrace the presence and glory of God. Amen. Many times in the scriptures when angels would appear to the men of God, they would fall down and the breath would leave them and they, and they would be as if they fainted. Amen. Because of the power and the majesty and the splendor of the heavenly beings. But how many of you know we need to embrace our God? Amen. We need to learn of our God. We need to seek after our God. And Paul said, if we feel after him, happily we'll find him. Hallelujah. And so the angel or the messenger or the one that represented heaven. That's why I said that. The representative of heaven said, fear not. Somebody say, fear not. For behold. I bring you good tidings of great things which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ. Hallelujah. The Lord. How many of you know that a Savior has been born? And he is our Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. And this shall be a sign unto you then you shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts praising God. You want to find yourself in alignment with the host of God. You don't want to let the circumstances and the situations of life take you out of alignment with, with what is going on in heaven that's why Jesus say when you pray say our father which art in heaven thy will be done in the earth or help us to replicate or express or manifest in this earth realm exactly how y'all feeling in heaven I don't think y'all caught that I don't think y'all caught that. Did y'all catch that? Because <laughs> Jesus said, our prayer should be, Father, help us position ourselves so that we can be vessels so that heaven can flow through and touch people. Hallelujah, God. And then look what heaven said. Glory to God in the highest and on the earth, peace. And goodwill toward man. 
how many times we don't know what heaven is really thinking. The Bible says God's heart is goodwill toward man. Everything that God does for you, whether it's what we perceive as a blessing, we think all good things are blessings. But every interaction of God in your life is coming from a place of goodwill. When he removed people out of your life that hinders you, that's God's goodwill for you. A lot of times we think that God removing things from us is bad or he tinkers into moments that seem like calamity or tribulations. We perceive them as bad, but that's not bad when you're connected to God. When you surrender yourself to God, everything that comes from heaven toward your life is goodwill. And you have to get your mind in a position to amen that. Because your amen is saying, God, I come in agreement. I understand that is goodwill. And though it's painful and I don't understand it, amen. Can you say amen to whatever you're facing right now? See, I can feel some of you heavy. That's life weighing on you. But you know how you deal with that? When you realize that from heaven's perspective, it's all goodwill. All goodwill. All goodwill. God's intent is not to destroy you. God's intent is not to harm you. God's intent is not to cause you to die, to perish. They say, whosoever believes in Christ, our Lord, should not perish, but goodwill. Somebody say, the heaven's will toward you is good. Y'all need to know that. Because that's not always the information that life gives us. And amen, we have the information through our senses. And that's why Paul said, we don't walk by sight or We don't walk by the information that our senses feed us, but we walk by faith. We walk by what heaven is saying. And when you begin to learn how to walk by what heaven is saying, then you will override the emotions that come from this negative world we live in. Because Jesus said, in this world, you will have tribulation. He said, but be of good cheer. In other words, good cheer means keep a good attitude. Somebody say, keep a good attitude. Somebody say, wear a smile. God is working it out for your good. Hallelujah. Even when he calls us to repentance, it's for our good. Amen. So, amen. And I just wanted to share that with you just as a moment of exhortation because I know a lot of times we... You know, you can get confused. You can get mixed signals. You can see that the word of God is saying something wonderful. But that's not what's manifesting at the time. All you sense and see is pain. But that don't mean it's bad. That just means that God is working some things out. Amen, Sister Jennifer. Can I get an amen? Give me an amen from what? She pushed that amen out. I can feel it. Can we get another one, sir? Now, one more in the devil face. You letting that devil know. I know you trying some things right now, devil. But I'm in agreement with heaven. Hallelujah. So, amen. 
now what we're getting ready to do saints amen God begin to put something on my heart that he want to do for our church and not just our church for believers all over and he began to share with me all I began to hear was clarion call clarion call and when a clarion call is a loud urgent sound that's calling a group of people to an action and what God is calling us to is a season of prayer I said a season of prayer amen and he began to share with me what he meant when Paul said pray without ceasing what God began to share with me prayer is an attitude it's a consciousness it's an awareness it's a place where you are mentally where everything you do everything you feel is centered around not moving until you are sure that it's God's voice involved everything you do when the scripture says acknowledge me in all of your ways everything God wants us to build our life around communicating with him and even going to share with me a lot of the situations that creep up in local churches and, and the global church as a, as a whole is when we lose our way in prayer and what happens when you lose your way in prayer you lose your awareness to God you lose your spiritual sensitivity to the hand of the enemy around you the scriptures describe it like this you become dull of hearing your eyes he's talking about your spiritual eyes your spiritual eyes can't see and you start to see everything as carnal or only at the what's happening in the earth realm level and when you lose your way in prayer you can't discern when God is prompting you and moving you to different dimensions and levels and we've been having good church and we've been praising God and God has been doing wonderful things but for this next dimension of what God is calling us to we're going to have to position ourselves with intentional prayer and it's going to have to be on purpose it's going to have to be intentional and it's going to have to be with an expectation of what God is calling us to do because God is ready to download some things and deposit some things and bring you out of some things but you got to concentrate you got to get tuned in you got to get locked in and the only way that's going to happen is you're going to have to position yourself through praying so what we're going to do for the next three Fridays y'all know we normally fast on the first Friday and this is strictly volunteer if you want to get into this the Bible say the angels stirred the water at a certain season so this is a clarion call the next three Fridays we're going to fast okay y'all with me because I'm believing God to shift us like he put it in my heart and then we're going to come together and pray those nights and if you amen want to be a part of it amen I want you to lock in and if you can't get here 
even when God, when Solomon built that temple, he said, when it was prayer time, if you couldn't get to the temple, you just look toward the temple. So go on your phone if you can't make it here when we in prayer and you find a location and you turn toward where we are. We're going to do it just like the Bible. And, and Jesus told those, those people, he said, the scripture says, it is written, my house shall be called a house where people pray all of the time. But he said, but you have made it a place where thieves gather and merchandise people. We determine what our local churches are going to be. And we want this place to be to shift into the house of prayer. Oh my God. Hallelujah, Lord. Hallelujah. And we're going to get elders together that's going to become intercessors. And their job is going to be to cover this house all of the time. Because how many of you know the enemy wants nothing better than to see a church of God not progress in the will of God? And there's a tax that he do. When you get slow for, he don't get slow for. Spirits don't get tired. <laughs> Spirits don't get tired. So we're going to position ourselves strategically to stay on top of him. And it's going to take the people of God consciously going to war in the spirit realm. And when there's a tax that comes, we need somebody to say, hey, pastor, the devil trying this. But I'm on the wall. I see it. We need people covering the house of God. I need somebody covering me. Oh, I felt that. How many of you ready to go into the season of prayer? Amen. And we're going to figure out a way to create different shifts. And if I got to get more keys, I don't care what we got to do. During the week, we're going to have people that come and they just pray at the altar. How many of you ever read about Anna? When Anna lived in the temple and she just prayed at the altar. She wasn't praying at the altar just to pray. But there were things that God was strategically doing. And God needed to have somebody like a watchman praying, covering the house of God. See, we can't pull swords out and fight the devil, guns and words, but he's a spirit. And remember this, you remember when God was giving that message to Daniel? The first day that Daniel set his heart to seek after God. When that message was on the way, when Daniel went in prayer, God heard it. And he dispatched an angel immediately, the first day. But in the air, a very intense battle took place. And that demon tried everything in his power to block what God was trying to release in the earth. But how many of you know if Daniel had committed to being a man of prayer, he would have quit and said, well, God not coming. But because he had set his heart See, you got to set your heart. Seeking after God has to be on purpose. You got to move things out of your way. You got to rearrange your schedule. You got to set alarm clocks. You got to you got to shift your life to seek God. When you seeking God, things get moved around. 
God is looking for prayer warriors. Hallelujah. Any prayer warriors in the house? I didn't say people that want to pray. I said prayer warriors. That's a different level of intensity we're looking for right there. I'm not looking for somebody that's coming to be cute with pretty prayers. I need somebody that's willing to come with tissue boxes and blankets. And don't do your hair that day. Don't fix your makeup that day. When we're going in water, that's not cute time. The things we need to get released, we don't need pretty people. I'm not talking about that. I'm spiritual right now. But war is grimy. War is gritty. And, and if it was up to the devil, the Bible said, if the enemy had his way, he would come in like a flood. What that's telling you is he would destroy you if he could have the way he wanted it to be. But God sets boundaries. And a lot of times those boundaries are set and we want to move those boundaries. We want to push them. It's going to take commitment, but I believe after this prayer season, we're going to see a whole different shift. Amen. God shared with me, there's going to be things he do and heal you personally. There's some people that he want to bring in the fold from your family. There's some wonderful things that God want to do. I just read to you, he said, goodwill toward man. There's things that God want to do, but God said we got to get in position. Amen. So y'all ready to follow me into this season of prayer? A lot of good shows you might have to miss. You know, I, a lot of things you might have to give up. But the reward at the end of this prayer season, amen, it's going to change your life forever. 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 Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So I'm going to ask that you pray with me right quick as we get ready to go. Father God, in the mighty name of Jesus, I thank you. Hallelujah, Lord. I reverence you with all of my heart. God, with all of my being. God, with all of my soul. With all of my mind. God, with all of my will. God, with everything on the inside of me. God, the first commandment commands us to love you with all of our mind. With all of our heart. With all of our soul. With all of our strength. All of our being. All of our will. All of our might. All of our energy, all of our focus. Hallelujah, Lord. Your precious spirit. Father, I never take it for granted, God. I never, God, take it lightly. Hallelujah, God. We embrace your presence this morning. Hallelujah. Come on, saints. Let us go into the presence of the Lord this morning. Thank you, Father. God, we embrace the spirit of your presence. Hallelujah, Lord. Descend. 
Father, descend upon this place today, God. Hallelujah, Lord. God, and cause your people to hear the call. Cause them in the spirit to hear the call. God, for no man can come to you except you draw him. God, and help us to hear the call, God. God, even as the sheep, God, don't follow the voice of a stranger. Hallelujah, Lord. But you are our shepherd. You are the chief shepherd. You are the bishop of our souls. And we want to answer your call. We want to answer your call, God. We want to answer your call, God. Hallelujah, Lord. We want to answer your call, God. God, we can feel your calling, God. And sense it, God. Hallelujah, Lord. Oh, thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Oh, God. Come on, saints. Come on, come on. The presence of God is filling this place. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Your precious presence, oh God. Mm. Mm. Come on, come on, come on, come on. Yes, Father. Yes, yes, yes. Come on, come on, come on, come on. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Your sweet spirit. Your wonderful spirit. Wonderful spirit. Rest upon us like dew on the grass. God, like the dew that rests upon the grass in the morning. Rest in this place. Saturate this place. Fill this place. Come on, open up your hearts. Open up your hearts. Open up your hearts to the Lord. Come on, times of refreshing come from the presence of God. Come on, times of refreshing come from the presence of God. Come on, times of refreshing come from the presence of God. Refresh us, oh God. Let your sweet spirit touch every believer, every heart, every soul. Come on, church, you're talking to God. What a sweet spirit in this place. Thank you, Father. We call upon you. Come on, 
yes, 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 God, yes, 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 God, flood this place for every burden, every pain, every yoke destroyed. In the presence of your anointing, Father. Let it rest upon us. Come on, people of God, as we get ready for the word of the Lord. God, I bind every spirit that would attempt to hinder not only this word, but this season of prayer. And God, begin to shift situations, shift circumstances. Shift, God. Shift, God. Manifest your glory in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. Mm. Let nothing hinder what you're trying to do, Father. You are the King of kings, Lord of lords. No power or principality is stronger than you. Have your way, God. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. While you're standing, I want to read this scripture. While you're standing, Revelations chapter 5 verse 6 to 8 and I beheld and lo in the midst of the throne and of the four beasts and in the midst of the elders stood a lamb as it has been slain having seven horns and seven eyes which are the seven spirits of God sent forth into all the earth and he came and took the book out of the right hand of him that sat on the throne. And when he had taken the book, the four beasts and the four and twenty elders fell down before the lamb. Then every one of them had harps and golden vials full of odors, which are the prayers of the saints. When you hear that stringed instrument amen we praying on earth he's playing we're trying to replicate earth heaven the bible said there was a golden bowl a vial is a bowl but there was a golden vial and in that bowl was our prayers our prayers then the angel would take that bowl and he would go to the Father and he would present my prayer your prayer the church's prayer your petition will go up to God and he called that prayer an odor oh I felt something touch me hallelujah Father what did I see 
there's a fragrance leaving this house right now. Hallelujah, Lord. And if you don't believe that, the Bible say two men went into the temple to pray. It say one man prayed and he prayed within himself. It didn't leave the house because it was in the wrong spirit. It said, but the other man humbled himself and he couldn't even so much as lift up his head, but he smote his chest. And in his humility, his prayer bust through beyond what a rocket from NASA could go. It went further than anything that has ever left the earth realm could go. And as it was in the right spirit, the angel grabbed it and took it to God. And God heard the man saying, Father, I'm not even worthy. Father, I'm sorry for what I did. Hallelujah. Father, I humble myself before you. Father, I'm sorry that I let you down. And that came up in God's nostril as a prayer of repentance. And it smells so good to God. God said, go back and tell him when he leave this place, he's justified. We have to realize that we are in dialogue with heaven. Prayer is dialogue. Hallelujah, Lord. And not only is it dialogue, heaven wants to talk to you. Heaven wants to communicate with you. Heaven is looking to communicate with you. Hallelujah. And we have to return to that dialogue. Hallelujah. At all costs. Hallelujah, Lord. Let me read one more scripture before you take your seat. Hallelujah. God told me, say, we got to restore the sacredness of prayer. Hallelujah. Prayer is not something that we should just go in haphazardly. But when you get ready to pray, you need to mentally prepare yourself to get in the presence of God. Phone off, TV off, everything. Everything. Because this is sacred. And the God said the church has lost the reverence for prayer. We have lost our reverence for prayer. When you get ready to pray, you got to understand you're getting ready to go before the king of the universe. Hallelujah. And he is to be reverenced. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Lord. Revelations chapter 8. Hallelujah. Don't get weary as we stand in the presence of our God and respect for his word. Amen. And another angel came, eight and three, and another angel came and he stood at the altar having a golden censer. And there was given unto him much incense. I mean, one angel was standing there with a censer and another angel walked up to him with a bomb. Incense is like perfume cologne a fragrance something that's just something pleasant in other words the angel was getting ready to present something to God but the God said don't present this what you are getting ready to present to me don't present it without a pleasant aroma oh but if I can get y'all in the spirit to hear what God is saying 
your prayers to him are pleasant. They are precious. They are special to him. Hallelujah, Father. Praise the Lord. That he should offer it with the prayers of all saints. Not just the pastor's prayer go up with incense. Hallelujah. Not just a special man of God prayers go up with incense. All of the saints' prayers are precious to God. Even the ones that you don't think are important, when they go into prayer, heaven is paying attention to what they're getting ready to say. And that's why I say, if you, he say, be careful how you treat even the least of my people. Because there's an angel that's paying attention to everything that pertains to them. You may not see their angel, T-H-E-I-R, there in English, that's possessive, their angel. And when they pray, their angel takes that and brings it where it needs to be. And when you hurt or harm the least of God's people, that angel records that. And he goes and he said, hey, the one that's barely coming to church that just came into the kingdom of God, somebody did something to them. And they bring that to God. Glory to God. Hallelujah. And they say all the prayers of the saints upon the golden altar. They put the prayer on a gold altar, y'all. Your prayers went on a golden altar. Not just on anything. It was on a golden altar. Heaven has respect unto your prayers more than you do. And you have to get this and understand that when you you got to know what's going on in heaven when you're getting ready to pray. Hallelujah, Lord. It says, and it was before the throne, God was sitting right there looking at that golden altar. And the smoke of the incense, which came with the prayers of the saints, it ascended up before God. Hallelujah. Out of the angels' hands. Your prayers are presented to God, coming from the golden altar. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. Thank you, Lord. Let our prayers be pleasing to you, God. Hallelujah, Lord. Let a fragrance leave this house, oh God. Every petition, God, every request. God, every hurt, God, every pain, God. Let it be communicated to you. The Bible said, let your petitions and your requests be made known unto God. God, hear our petitions, our requests. Let them be made known unto you today. Hallelujah, Lord. In the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. You may take your seat. Hallelujah. Praise God. Amen. Praise God. Amen. Y'all with me today? Hallelujah. How many of you ready to get before God in prayer? Amen. How many of you know when you lose your way in prayer, you lose your way? (laughs) 
If you lose your way in prayer, you're going to lose your way. So the most valuable thing you can do for the rest of your time on this earth, fight to maintain a praying life. Amen. Mia, y'all have that little video ready. I want y'all to watch this video. And remember when I opened this up, it was called the clarion call. And I want y'all to understand this because Jesus said, my sheep hear my voice. And the voice of our shepherd right now is a call to prayer. Amen. And I want y'all to see what that looks like. Amen. Some kids or some young people did an experiment and they wanted to see if that was true. If a sheep really knew the voice of his shepherd. Amen. Y'all roll it real quick. Y'all, this pretty good. <laughs> one more time. Oh, one is. <laughs> <laughs> Y'all see that? Isn't that beautiful? And this is what you don't want to do. You don't want to be in a position when heaven is calling you and you can't discern it and you can't feel it and you can't sense it. That was the instinct. That's a spiritual connection. To where those sheep know the voice or the, the vibrations or the heart of that shepherd. And when they heard those other voices, I mean, you didn't even see the head lift. You didn't even, there was no response. But when the one that really fed them and took care of them and had their best interest or their good will in mind, they responded. Amen. So I'm telling you, your shepherd is calling you to prayer. He's calling you to shift things in your life. Y'all, can y'all sense that? Is your spirit bearing record with that? 
Are y'all in agreement with that? How many of you can pray more? How many of you can use some more time in the presence of God? Amen. And, and God began to share me. It's just what happens is we just get so busy. Amen. We just get so many things going on. So many things we want to do, places we want to go, the goals, retirement and careers and businesses, relationships, kids, grandkids, great grandkids. We just get so many affairs that pop up and little by little prayer just kind of gets lost in the and then at the last minute you remember, man, I didn't pray today. Then you go throw about three minutes. How many of you know that's not going to get it? Amen. How many of you know that's not going to work? And what happens is a lot of times we believe God for things and we want God to do things and we put blame on church or, you know, we blame, we find all kind of reasons to find blame for why our conditions are the way they are. But always trace it back to Am I spending time with God? Because if you're a person that's connected to God, it doesn't matter what you go through in life. God can sustain you. Paul began to pray three times for one issue. And as he began to pray on that particular issue, Paul's heart was for it to move. But God said, my grace is able to sustain you in this season. Amen. But look how many times Paul prayed and so he said, I sought the Lord. See, the prayer is not just prayer is and is an attitude of seeking God. But you have to seek God. And when do you stop seeking God? Number one, when you hear from him. And number two, what you were seeking for manifest. So if you haven't heard from him or nothing changed, then you shouldn't stop praying. Oh, I hope somebody got there today. <laughs> you shouldn't stop your quest or your seeking of God until you hear his voice. And this is what God, you remember Gideon? See, God don't want you just praying and you wondering if he heard you. When God spoke for Gideon to move in a direction, Gideon said, God, if that's you, confirm it. See, God want to confirm things. God want every step you take to be sure. And you don't have to make a move if you're not sure as God. God said, Gideon said, confirm it. How? Make it dry. It was dry. Gideon still wasn't sure. Make it wet. Came back, it was wet. See, it, it, you don't, you're not supposed to move off your own intellect, but now you got to go back and clean up some things. Every step you take can be sure because the Bible says the steps of a good man are ordered by God. Every step you take, every move, every decision, God can direct you in every course of life. Amen. So let me give you a few points right here. Matthew 5. Matthew 5. Amen. Somebody say prayer is communication. 
Amen. A lot of times we try to get so deep and define things, but it's not that deep. It's just communication. Talking to God. Matthew 5, Matthew 6, verse 5 to 7. Amen. What's that buzz I hear, y'all? Amen. Y'all hear that? Something just came up buzzing. Amen. It's behind me. Amen. Matthew 6. There you go. Thank y'all. Matthew 6, verse 5 to 7. So how many of you know the first thing about prayer is private? That sometimes I'm a married man and sometimes I don't mind going and me and my wife pray together. That's fine. But some things you're dealing with, you don't need your husband around. You don't need your wife around. I know some of you that might be a little touchy. <laughs> but sometimes you're dealing with things that only you and God need to talk about. And a lot of times we base our prayer lives on waiting for our prayer partners versus creating time to get with God. Amen. Look what Jesus said. He said, verse five. And when you pray, he says, thou shall not be as the hypocrites are. For they only love to pray standing in the synagogue because they got titles and they want people to think something of them. So the only time they want to be spiritual is in the presence of other people. Y'all know that's what religion does. That's what denominations do. They give you little prayer scripts and they give you certain things you've got to follow. And you may be up there with your title, trying to uphold your title, praying in a manner that literally has zero to do with the attack that's on your life. You don't need to be praying by scripts and you don't need. And a lot of times the worst thing that can happen to some people is a title because they lose the humility that it takes to really reach God. Jesus said, don't be like the hypocrites that only want to pray when somebody's watching them all day in the corners of the streets. I remember they had those movements, name it and claim it, and all of these cliches, and you put it on your car and your bumper sticker, and all of these things. And the sad thing about it is this that's not how you reach God. Oh my God. He says, Verily I say unto you, they have their reward. Here's your reward. Man, you heard that prayer? That boy, that was articulate. That was eloquent. And that was, and you you going home depressed and bound because you prayed according to the script or to get attention, but the things you're dealing with not changing. He said, but when you pray, enter your closet. Close the door. What is that speaking to you spiritually? Spiritually, what that is saying is prayer is sacred. And when you approach prayer, you need to say, okay, I'm getting ready to pray at 330. When 325 come, I'm going to get the music on. I'm going to get my mood together. I'm going to get rid of, put your phone on, do not disturb. Because guess what? The enemy going to always have somebody that need to call you, need to text you, and immerse. I mean, it's always something else you can be doing than praying. 
He said, but go in your closet and don't go in your closet and leave the door open. He's not talking about your closet at your house where your shoes are. He's talking about your moment of privacy, wherever you escape. And then he says, shut the door behind you. What he's saying is, don't let all the issues and problems and challenges you're dealing with come into prayer with you and you can't focus on the prayer you need to pray. He says, shut the door to all that's distracting you and weighing you down at that moment. Oh, my God. When is the last time you prayed like that? It's prayer time and everything else don't matter today. That's how we pray. Y'all can be honest. If that's not, we're going to work on that. When we come out of this season, that's how we're going to be praying. Amen? He said, close the door. In other words, get focused. Because you have some urgent matters. It could be a health issue. It could be a financial issue. It could be a family matter. It could be a marital problem. It could be a church issue. It could be whatever. You, could, you are dealing with some very serious things that you need heaven to move on your behalf. You don't need to be distracted. You're trying to decide your next career. You're trying to decide who to marry. You're trying to decide to move. You're trying to decide should you go on a relationship or this business venture. And you you need to be locked into because the wrong decision on matters that heavy can throw your life in a bad direction. And out of respect for the direction that you're trying to take your life into, you don't need to be distracted. You need to get locked in and you need to get in touch with God and don't move until one, you hear from him and don't stop praying until what you're praying for a change. The Bible say man ought to always pray and not what? Faint just means quit praying, give up because you don't see it fast enough. Amen. So he said, go in your closet, shut the door, no distractions, you and God. And he says, your father which sees in secret shall reward you openly. What he's saying is if you come in prayer the right way, the things you need to happen will happen. Openly just means God is going to manifest what you're praying for. Amen. Praise God. Let's go over here to the book of. Amen. Turn with me to. Psalms 86. Okay, now you've got in your closet, you've pushed everything out of the way. You closed the door behind you. You locked in. You ready for prayer? Psalms 86. Now he's saying, don't just get in prayer. Without a purpose. Look at verse 1. Prayer. David is getting ready to pray. He says, bow down thine ear, O Lord, and hear me. David is saying, I'm not getting ready to waste time. David said, I have a matter, I have an issue, and I need your attention. Why? People praying all over. But how many of you know sometimes what you praying about, you needed to get to the front. Do you ever had an urgent, an emergency? And you, when you have an emergency, you need to say, God, I know this one praying. I know that one praying. They praying over here. They playing in Iraq, but I'm about to lose my home. I need you to listen to what I'm getting ready to say. 
Because somebody may be praying and not that is not important, but their matter may not be as urgent as yours. Y'all, even hospitals are strategically designed to deal with what's most important. You got a high priority issue and you just throwing it up there like it's not an emergency. When there's emergencies in society, the ambulance come. And the ambulance not coming to say, okay, we're going to set your appointment tomorrow at 3.30. No, there's a place at the hospital called the emergency room. And when it's urgent, you go through the emergency room and there's people trained to deal with emergencies. A lot of you have emergencies and people dying because they don't understand. You need to learn how to get your emergencies where they need to be. Anybody have an emergency in there? Am I preaching to anybody? Y'all, how many of y'all need some things to change and shift and move? David said, I'm not getting ready to pray. He said, I need you to do something. I need something to happen. I, I need something. I need to see a manifestation of the hand of God. Because this obstacle has been here too long. What's next? And David went in prayer, then he called God's attention to his prayer. Oh, my God. He said, for I'm poor and needy to preserve my soul, for I am holy. And thou, oh, my God, oh, thou, my God, save thy servant that trusted in thee. He says, be merciful unto me, O Lord, for I cry unto thee. How often? How we skip two, three, four, five days of going before God. And you wonder why you can't shake the depression, the mood swings, the attitudes, the lust that's bothering you. That's why. Because you can't just get in prayer when we pray. You can't just get in prayer when we call for a fast. You can't just seek after the Lord when it's a corporate effort. It has to be something that you take the responsibility for that you're going to learn how to seek God. How often? Daily. Think about this for a moment. When Daniel, see, you have to discipline yourself to build a life of prayer. Because when the moment of adversity come in your life, which it will, Sometimes it's too late to pray. Daniel, the Bible says he prayed three times a day. The enemy didn't like the fact that Daniel positioned his life to pray three times a day. So they came up with this plot. And they say, well, this is what we want to do. And we know this guy over here, he's not going to bow down. So they set Daniel up. And when they set Daniel up, Daniel didn't bow to what the society was doing. And so it cost him to be put in the lion's den. But when Daniel faced that, because his life was already built on prayer, he didn't even flinch on praying. 
he didn't even bat an eye on praying because once it becomes a routine, once it becomes a discipline, once it gets in your instinct, see, that's what had happened. Daniel prayed so much it got in his instinct. And his instinct became when I face adversity, I'm praying. See, and that's what God is trying to bring. That's what Paul meant when he said pray without ceasing. What he was saying is prayer has to get in your instinct. It has to become what you instinctively do when you face any issue of life. That's the only way you can pray without ceasing. It has to be instinctively in your mind to do it. And that's something you've got to work towards. Anybody but don't even have to raise your hand. But if you're honest. Have you been experiencing some barriers in your prayer life? She raised her hand anyway. Go, see, that's, see, that's when you're around humble people. <laughs> see there? God want to move those barriers. Amen? But in order for God to move them, now listen to this. When you get ready to pray the right way, many times you may not even feel like praying. The worst thing you can do as a human being is always function on what you feel like doing at the moment. Because if you let your what you feel like doing dictate your actions, you know how many times out you you would like quit work. <laughs> Why you don't just quit work when you feel don't feel like working? Because you need that check. That's why Jesus said, "Don't labor for to meet that parish." What he's saying is there's going to be times that in the natural realm you push yourself to perform a duty because you need what's coming from that duty. He said, but now you got to be like that in the spirit realm. You got to push yourself in the spirit realm to do what's required when you don't feel like doing it. It takes maturity, maturity to push beyond what your flesh feel like doing. Lord have mercy, Jesus. Help me, Holy Ghost. Y'all with me today? Amen. The devil don't want you praying. He wants you complaining. <laughs> he don't want you praying. He wants you gossiping. He don't want you praying. He wants you backbiting. He don't want you praying. He wants you whining. He don't want you praying. He wants you moping. He don't want you praying. He wants you feeling sorry for yourself. He don't want you praying. He wants you walking around with low energy, lethargic. But what he do want you to do is walk around with low energy, lethargic, and still say you're a Christian. (laughs) Because what he wants you to do is say you're a Christian and misrepresent God in society so people don't want your God. He wants you saying, yeah, I'll go to that church over there on university, but you, well, why are you always saying, what, what kind of church, what, why I want to go? And you say, okay, this is what God wants you in the same situations that the world go through, but he wants you to respond different. Why? Because you are the light of the world. What that means is you're supposed to be in a situation showing the world a different way to respond in the same situation. That's why you're in the situation. So in that situation, God wants, Jesus said, let your light so shine. Why? So that other people can see, man, I'm facing this. I know she, I know what she going through. 
How in the world is she walking in this job, smiling with a good attitude, and that man just walked out on her? How does she do that? That's why Paul said you have a treasure in earthen vessels because you're not supposed to respond the way your coworkers respond. That's why I say great is the mystery of godliness. God was manifested in the flesh. What that is saying is it should be mysterious to people how you can face what they face and y'all don't respond the same way. But if we respond how they respond, how are we the light of the world? Oh, my God. I believe some prayer lives getting ready to change. She said, oh, yeah. For thou, Lord, are good and ready to forgive, plenteous in mercy unto all them that call upon thee. Who is he plenteous in mercy to? All them that call upon him. You got to call upon him. Amen. And then he says, give ear, O Lord, unto my prayer and attend to the voice of my supplications. It says, in the day of my trouble, I will call upon thee, for thou will answer me. God has given you a promise today that if you call upon him, he will answer you. That's why Jesus was able to say these words when he got ready to pray. He said, Father, I know you hear me. That's where the devil going to fight you. As you start building your prayer life, he's going to fight you with, are you sure God hear you? <laughs> and the only thing that gives him leverage to speak that in your life is because of the adversity that you're facing. Because the adversity that you're facing can create doubt. But in your adversity, you got to stand strong and say, Father, I know you hear me. Don't let the the adversity dictate whether you know God hear you. Jesus said, Father, I know you hear me. Even though he left, even though he walked out, even though she cheated, I still know you hear me. I know you hear me. How many times the devil fought you to doubt if God even hear your praying? And then he then has he ever told you he whispered to you, what's the use? <laughs> oh, I think I finally struck a chord. It took me about 25, 30 minutes. <laughs> cool, I finally struck something here. That's what we need to pull down then. See, you can't ever let the enemy make you doubt if God hear you based on what you're facing. Neither doubt if God is with you based on what you're facing. Because he gave you a promise. He said, I would never leave you or forsake you. That word forsake means see you in a predicament and turn and walk away like I don't even see it. God said, I would never see you in a predicament where you need help and you call up on me and I act like I didn't see you. God is not going to see you laying on the side of the road, beat up, and just walk by on the other side. Lord, have mercy, Jesus. Somebody say, Father, I know you hear me. 
We got to say that stronger than that. I want that to get in your gut. Say, Father, Father. I know you hear me. And that's going to destroy all them lies. The Bible say the devil is a lie and the father of it. So remember this key point. Seeking means don't stop until one, you hear his voice. And two, something change. If you don't hear his voice and something didn't change, what should you do? Keep seeking. Gotta keep seeking. Oh my God. Let's go over here to Second Chronicles 7. Second Chronicles 7. Praise God. Second Chronicles 7. Glory to God. <laughs> Hallelujah. 12 to 16. When you have it, say amen. So they dedicated Solomon to David wanted to build a house. God said, you can't build it. You're a bloody man. He said, I'm going to let your son build it. So Solomon got all the dedications. He got all of these people contributed, brought silver, gold, wood of all kinds, the best of the best. And they went construct an edifice before God that was just simply beautiful. Amen. And then they're, they're, so they went that day there. They went to dedicate that temple to God. And I think it was like a, like 124,000 animals were slaughtered in a sacrifice that day. And when they slaughtered them animals and they went up to God, the Bible says such a glory filled the house. And when that glory filled the house, it was like a thick cloud, just a weight of glory just rested in that temple. Amen. So then we got to this verse. It says the Lord appeared to Solomon by night and he said unto him, I have heard thy prayer. Hallelujah, Lord. (laughs) And I have chosen this place to myself for a house of sacrifice. Praise God. Remember what I said. We can make this place whatever we want it. We can make it a place where the prayers leave and they go up with the incense. And that's what we're committed to do. Amen. Hallelujah. He said, if I shut up heaven, that there be no rain. God is talking about affecting the economy. Y'all listen to me carefully. God saying, if I affect the economy around you, if you live in a region where the jobs are slow, and there's layoffs, there's no rain, or the seasons are not happening. If things are being planted and there's no increase, if your money is short, if, 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 you, if rain comes to water seeds, God said, if you got seeds in the ground and they're not being productive, there's, not, there's no increase in your life, there's nothing fruitful going on. He wasn't just talking about water falling from the sky, he was speaking to the purpose the water comes. He said, if I shut off the purpose, if, I, if, if, if there's no purpose in your life, if you feel like there's no vision, there's nothing you're looking forward to. You're not productive. See, when trees are planted by water, they're productive. So God is saying, when there's no water in your life, when there's no rain, when things around you are dry, oh God, hallelujah. 
Anybody ever experienced things around them being dry, look like you just can't make progress? God said that's directly connected to your prayer. God said in a moment I can speak to your parish and cause jobs to hit your parish. Y'all got to understand the power of prayer. God can cause economies around you to flourish just because you there. See, the devil don't want us to know the power we possess. <laughs> God can cause, what, what county that is over there? Where y'all, Bryan, Texas? What's that? Brazos County. God can cause Brazos economy to shoot from, I mean, God can affect GDP. God can affect the unemployment numbers. God can see businessmen in meeting and getting ready to put a project over there in an area where no saints are. And he can strategically cause people to meet up because he got a lot of saints in the area and he has an agenda for the kingdom of God and he can cause jobs to start booming in that area so the people of God can flourish to fund his kingdom. He can put rivers in the desert. Sometimes you don't need to move, you need to pray. It's not always about going. Sometimes God can cause you to blossom right where you are. The Bible said the earth was void. There was nothing there. Nothing. There was no vegetation, no seasons, no rain, no order. It was chaos, no structure. And all God did was spoke a word. See, all God has to do is speak one word. When you go into prayer and you calling on God and you crying out to God, all God has to do is say, okay, that's enough. All God has to do is say, and then look how powerful you are. He said, if I can get two people anywhere in the earth to ask me to bless their economy where they live so they can take care of their family. If they come in prayer and they come into an agreement and they say, God, if you change this economy, I'm going to be faithful to you. I'm going to God of you and God will say, okay, I'll come into that agreement with you. And then the word of God will be released in that area. And God will say, let there be. And remember what I told you about the word of God. When the word of God is spoken, it's a performer. Everything that is sent out to do will start performing. And every resource in that area that needs to come to that word, it'll, the word will summon every resource it needs. When God said, let there be iron and zinc, all of that just came where God spoke. God said, if there's no rain, there's no rain. Lord, have mercy, Jesus. (laughs) (laughs) Say, well, there's no rain. God said, I don't care how long you've been unemployed. 
I don't care how long. All you got to do is get in prayer. Just call up on me and don't stop praying till I bless you with that job. See, some of you, the job is he's trying to release it. But you when Daniel prayed and that release was coming, the angel, some of you got things held up in the atmosphere, but you don't stay before God long enough for the angels to battle. That's why God said, I'm not bipolar. Don't let anybody that's double-minded think they're going to get anything from me because I got a huge army that's at my beck and call. All I got to do is dispatch them. But you so double-minded, when you pray, I send them, you change your mind, I got to pull them back. God say, I'm too efficient. I got too much going on. If you don't, if you're not sure what you want, don't call me yet. God say, I got too much going on. You got my attention. You asked me for it, I released it, and you went do something else. I said, I'm running, I'm the Lord of hosts. I'm the boss of millions and billions and innumerable company of angels. I got a lot going on. And I can, he said, whatsoever you ask in prayer, Believe it, and you gonna have it. But the reality is, there's an adversary that Paul said we don't wrestle against flesh and blood. But there's powers and principalities that get in the airways and try to block what's on the way to you. Now you got these angels and demons wrestling, and you just went do something else. God said, if you ask me, I'm gonna do it. My mind is made up. You're my child. It's done. But you're trying to birth a major project, but you're not willing to pay the price. When you're trying to birth major things, major things have to be moved. Do you trying to birth monumental businesses and relationships and marriages? Those what you're birthing could be legendary. But you're trying to birth something that's going to touch generations, something to leave for your grandkids. And you think the devil is just going to sit back to let you birth a wonderful business without opposing it? You are getting ready to put something in the earth that can bless millions and thousands of people. Of course he's going to fight that. Heaven has goodwill towards you. Hell has bad will towards you. And if you can stay in prayer long enough with enough fortitude, what you're believing for will happen. We want great things birthed with no effort. It don't work like that, y'all. God said, no, or if I command the locusts to devour the land, Sometimes God sends things to devour things in your life. Some things in our life need to be devoured. I think I'm going to say that again. (laughs) Some things, some relationships need to be ate up. Sometimes when you got fired, God was just devouring a bad career choice. 
Oh my God. Some things we need God to devour out of our life. But that doesn't, see, and that's what I love about God. What I'm learning about him is how sensitive he is to every detail of our life. I'm learning that. Though the locust devours something out of your life, that don't mean it don't hurt you. That don't mean you're not in pain because something was moved out of your life. That don't mean what you let go of you didn't love. So God is even sensitive to the pain that it causes you when he devours things out of your life. That's why you got to stay in prayer. Because God will send the locust to devour things out of your life and then Christ will come right back to bind up the broken heart. Oh my God. True. He said, all of our sin of pestilence among who? My people. Do you ever had a trial in your life that just was like aggravating? Like just a nuisance, like just a plague, like just bothers you. Pestilence. You, what's the first four letters of that word? You know what pests do? They just get on your nerve. You ever face some things that just irritate you? Sometimes the pestilence is in your life to move you to pray. Look what he said. If my people see It's not all the time God's people are going to pray. See, You can live a life with God's name on you with no rain, nothing productive, everything devoured, and you always feel pestered. You can have a Christian existence with those three conditions in your life. And that's not what God wants because that's not a representation of what God wants for us. But we can carry God's name and live under those three conditions. That's why I say, but if you ever get tired of living a life where you don't get anything productive going, if you ever get tired of things being devoured, if you ever get tired of these aggravating pestilence trials, if you would humble yourself and pray, I can't miss the steps. The first step is you got to humble yourself. The second step is you got to pray. The third step is you got to turn. Then he say, and seek my face. He say, so if you humble yourself, pray, turn, seek me, he going to do what? He say, I will hear from heaven. And God is not just trying to hear from heaven. He said, I will hear and heal their land. See, God is not just trying to hear you pray. He wants your land healed. God don't want you bound by that thing you're struggling with. God don't want you having bills piling up and you don't know how you're going to pay them. God don't want you living a life where you seem like things are always pestering you. But you have to say, you know what? I need to call on God because I need some things to start shifting. How many of you ready to see some good days? Always being in the struggle. How many of you know the struggle is real? Throw y'all a little layman term. 
You can, you can be a Christian living in the struggle. Always feel like you're talling. Always feel like you're struggling. Always feel like you're grinding. That is directly connected to your prayer life. Because God can shift and change things with one word. Y'all remember the story when Peter was fishing? Peter was fishing. He was on that boat fishing. And, and they were tolling. You know what tall means? Tall is like hard labor with little results. <laughs> How many of you ever felt like you worked hard but you didn't get a lot done? Hold on. I saw a bunch of hands. Hold on. Wow. Hold on. Let me see. Oh, yeah. I'm in the right place. How many of you feel like that sometimes? You work hard, but you're not seeing a lot of reward. One of them, them hands look like her hand would have touched the roof if she could. But hear the word of the Lord. The Bible says they cast down in the net. They didn't get much. Not, I mean, they say we caught nothing. They was like, Lord, we just unproductive. Like, I'm just spinning my wheels, Peter said. But Peter said, Lord, I'm just spinning my wheels. I don't feel like I'm getting nowhere. Jesus said, throw that net over there. But what he did first, he positioned his boat. He let the Lord do his business. And after he put God first, Jesus said, look what Jesus said, cast your net on this side and prepare for the draught. Y'all get ready for what's going to come in your life after this prayer season. I want y'all to, those that embrace it, get ready for the draught. Look what happened. Remember what I taught y'all about the word. When you speak God's word, everything that needs to happen comes to where that word is. So when that word was spoken in that water, guess what happened? All of those fish had to come where that spoken word was. He put his net and there was so many fish came up in his net. The Bible say he had to call for partners. See, that's why a lot of times we can't accomplish things because we don't want to partner with people. See, when you selfish, you can only get so much done. But you're missing the very important principles of the word of God. One has the ability to chase 1,000. But partnership didn't bring you to 2,000. Partnership took you from addition to exponents. He didn't say one and one was two. He said one with another went to ten. Stop letting the devil make you not want to partner with people. You don't want nobody in your circle. You want to do this? I rose solo. Then you're going to spend your whole life accomplishing what one person can accomplish. But when you learn to link up, there's something beautiful. Lee was on this. He said how God showed him how when brothers are dwelling together in unity, there, God commands a blessing. Where? He commands a blessing where he sees unity. See, when God sees unity, he commands a blessing. Now, remember what I told you about the blessing. There's a difference in a blessing when God just bless you versus the blessing that rested on Abraham. 
When the blessing rests upon you, that's a summons to this universe that I'm blessed. So everything I need that to make me successful, you got to come. That's a whole different level of living. You can just bless somebody, but being blessed, that means everything about you is going to be successful. And every person you need to meet, you're going to meet them. Every job you need to have, you're going to have it. Whoever you need to marry, they're going to come. You don't, you're not going to just randomly stumble on the right connection. When you bless, does God strategically make sure he has to? He has to make sure that everything, the, the, uh, the blessing is an empowerment to succeed. That's, let me put it to you like that. See, it's a mantle. It's a mantle. And when that mantle rests upon you, God empowers you to succeed in the earth realm. Oh, my God. That's a whole nother topic. Praise God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. How many of you want to live like that? Amen. We're getting ready to close up. So he said, if my people will hear from heaven, I will heal their land. And now my eyes shall be open and my ears attempt unto the prayer that is made in this place. Y'all ready to commit to me with me? With me? With me? See, I caught not commit to me. No. Commit to make the house of God a place where God is attended. See, we can make this place where every time we come in here and prayers go up, heaven is like, okay, what they getting ready to say over there? Amen? That's what we want. All right, let's finish this up. Luke 18, and we're going to close. Five verses. Luke 18, 1 to 5. And we're getting ready to close up. I hope the word of the Lord is blessing somebody today. Amen. Anybody being blessed today by the word? <laughs> Praise the Lord. All right. It's going to be a whole lot of praying going on this week. I can feel it. How many of you know sometimes your prayer life can just kind of slip away from you? Anybody ever been there? Anybody? Do I have any witnesses? I can put my hand up. Sometimes you just get to chasing dreams and goals or just, you know, just whatever. And your prayer life can get elusive sometimes. <laughs> it looks like you, you go pray and you're like, man, I can't get nowhere. You just a few minutes and you do it. Because you're a Christian and you know, okay, man, I need. But you don't want to steal prayer life. That ain't no fun. Nothing shifting, nothing changing, nothing happening. Dead. Dry. Boring. Nothing moving. But how many of you know you can change that? Amen. You can go on your phone and set a reminder. Sometimes I've got so much to do, some things that I need to do, I say, Siri, set a reminder for... Set that reminder. Siri, set a reminder for 6 a.m. prayer. And you'll forget, Siri, talks. 6 o'clock, time to pray. Oh, yeah, that's right. 
Amen? See, you got to consciously position your life to be a life of prayer. And you might say, well, I don't know how to pray like this. It's not even about that. Just be sincere. Pray from where you are. And it's just like anything else. It develops. It matures. It grows. It gets deeper, richer, more fulfilling, like any other relationship. Amen? But if he can get your prayer life, you're on your way out. Luke 18, and he spoke a parable unto them to this end, or with this point. He said, with this point, that men ought to always pray and not faint. He said, in a city, there was a judge. He didn't fear God, and he didn't respect anybody. I mean, he didn't care what nobody had to say. He was going to make the ruling he wanted to make, irregardless of anybody's opinion. And then there was a widow. I love how Jesus told this story. He took somebody that was at the top of society. And he took somebody that was at what was supposedly the low end of society. The widow was the person where her husband passed. And she was trying to make it by herself. And widows could be forgotten people. And the Bible said the widow would go to the judge every day. Judge, avenge me of my adversary. The first day she went, the judge just saw a poor little person coming up. And he's like, can somebody get this, get this, get out of here. The Bible said a wrench answer roughly. So I already know what his attitude was. Can, you know, I've been in a position to, you know, when you working and when you at a high level, somebody may call. Oh, just tell them I'm doing something. Or just tell them I'm busy. Just tell them, you know. So that judge was like, just tell him, I don't just, and he was irritated. He was like, just get up. And she went away sad. And she said, you know what? I'll be right back tomorrow. She put it in her mind, said, tomorrow you're going to see me again. Tomorrow, and she came back the next day. Judge, guess who here? That same little woman that was here yesterday. If y'all don't get this woman away from my courtroom, I got murder trials. I got big politicians calling me, trying to get me to, trying to bribe me. I got leaders, of the mayors on my tail trying to get me to get this business permission. They got this person want a gaming license and I got, I got all of these people trying to, I got laws I need to review. I got cases going on. And I mean, look at her. Like, it don't even matter whether she get up. Like, it ain't even relevant what she need me to do. He, he was like, it ain't, I mean, look, why y'all keep letting this woman get to this court? Who, who work? Who's the bailiff? Who working today? The Bible told you his attitude. He didn't fear God. So he had a nasty spirit. She didn't fear God. So he was mean. You got, you got governors. You got people trying to do deals to get you to overturn laws. And you're trying to shape the, the direction of the region you're in. And this little woman over here making minimum wage trying to, get, trying to go before the judge that's trying to determine the course of a whole community. And this little woman over here, her taxes small. 
She probably could have on an SSI fixed income. Her husband probably left her a little bit pension. She probably make about $1,200 a month in our time. And she here every day. She showed up again. And he like, again, you again? You've been coming here 12 days. Finally, her persistence broke him down. He said, tell the governor, give me a second, the mayor, everybody just pause. Come up here, woman. What you want? What you need? What you need? What you need? Judge. It could have been minor to the judge, but big to God. <laughs> See? It show you the difference in God and people. It was minor to the judge, but it was major to God. See, human beings will overlook you and they're not sensitive to your pains. But you got one in heaven that even the hairs of your head are numbered. He said, not one sparrow fall to the ground without me knowing about it. And he said, that judge told that woman, the thing that you've been coming here every day for is done. Then Jesus said, did y'all see what this unjust judge this did? He said, did you see how the persistence of this woman that's poor moved the heart of somebody that controlled an economy? How much more shall your father, which is in heaven, avenge those, his own children, that cry to him day and night? He say, I say unto you, he's going to avenge them. And it's not going to take them crying to him 12, 15, 20 days. He say, but speedily. God said, it don't take me long. All I need you to do is call up on me. Believe in me. Trust in me. He said, and speedily, I'll shift whatever you need me to shift. He say, if my people... That's bearing my name in the earth will stop accepting the conditions that surround them. And they will look at their unsaved spouses and lift them up in prayer. If they will look at their unsaved children that's selling dope, lick all their name out in prayer. If they will look at those bondages they're dealing with and lift it up in prayer. He said, if my people will stop looking for quotes on Facebook to lift them up temporarily. Because you might find a quote that will make you feel good for a moment, but that's not going to change your circumstance. He said, if my people would realize that they can shift my hand, if my people would realize that though I control the universe, I'll hearken to the voice of a man. Joshua knew that. Joshua was in battle and the sun was setting, but they had some momentum. See, sometimes you can get momentum, but it seems like you're running out of time. Joshua prayed and God told the son, Joshua is going to win this battle today. Son, don't move. The whole earth 
solar system had to pause because one of God's children needed a battle one. When God spoke, let there be light, the Bible says he set the big light in the sky to give seasons on the earth and the sun and the moon. And God said all of this to work and to function scientifically, splendidly, perfectly. And one man prayed and he stopped the sun from going and doing what it's doing. One man prayed. Now you think that little situation you're dealing with is bigger than what God can do? He stopped the sun from moving. And not only did he stop the sun from moving, when the sun stopped moving, earthquakes supposed to happen. Tidal waves, floods. I mean, that's literally the end of the world. If the sun stopped, the, the whole planet was supposed to be, it was supposed to be over. He stopped the sun and put a preservation shield on the whole planet so that you didn't read nowhere in the Bible where nothing on the other side of the world went into chaos. He stopped the sun and preserved the planet for one man to fight his battle and keep his momentum. You tell me what God won't do for his people. You tell me God can't bring jobs in your region if you need it. hallelujah Lord created to pray hallelujah so as we get ready to pray and get ready to go hallelujah thank you Lord hallelujah don't accept situations you shouldn't accept amen don't don't, don't just settle for situations that God want to change and don't get weary in prayer don't stop praying until those situations you need to move are moving. The Bible says if any man lack wisdom, with that, what that's saying is when you are trying to move forward in life, sometimes you hit blocks. Sometimes like a writer, they have what's called writer's block. Where they're not creative, they can't think, they can't. And sometimes in business, you might hit a wall. Sometimes in your marriage, you might hit a wall. Y'all keep coming to the same issue. And some, what's missing is wisdom. And even in that moment, you can say, God, what is the will? How do we fix this once and for all? The Bible says, even when you're afflicted, let him pray. He said, if any man is afflicted, let him pray. But then he said, confess your faults one to another. Then he said, pray one for another. When is the last time you call somebody else's name out and covered them? Don't you know you can cover people in prayer? He say, pray for one another. I know I need covering. Because this is a war. <laughs> it's a constant war. And when you go to war, you ever saw where the guy getting ready to go out into the line of fire and he look at his friend and he say, cover me. And he got to run. He can't shoot while he's running. He's running. And his friend is clearing the atmosphere for him. That's what we need to do for one another. The Bible say pray for one another. And then he say when you pray for one another, he say that you may be healed one of another. We can heal each other. Oh, my God. Hallelujah, Father. Thank you, Lord.
Hallelujah. I'm going to ask that y'all stand up with me as we get ready to go. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. Amen. I know we usually invite everybody up to the altar, but I just want you to grab hands with somebody next to you. Let us grab hands. That's fine. And we're going to just pray for one another. Amen. We're going to cover each other. Amen. This is how we're going to end today. We're going to pray with each other. Praise God. Hallelujah. And I want y'all to know that these prayers are going up. Remember what I spoke. That these prayers are going up before God as an older. And whatever your petition is, whatever your request is, whatever you're facing, whatever you're dealing with, let us send those requests up. Hallelujah. Father, every petition, God, as we come before you in prayer. Hallelujah. Oh, precious Father. Precious, precious, precious Father. Precious God. Thank you so much, so much, so much, so much. Strengthen us, God. Hallelujah, Lord. We humble ourselves as you commanded. Father, you said if your people would humble themselves, we are humbling ourselves. Hallelujah, Lord, before you. Hallelujah. Oh, God, let our hearts be tender before you, God. Hallelujah, Lord. Hallelujah. Oh God, anointed by God, we humble ourselves before you, God. God, I can hear you call, God. God, I can hear you call, Shepherd. You are our Shepherd. We hear you call. We hear you call. God, as one writer began to say, away from the noise. Hallelujah, Lord. <laughs> away from the noise, oh God, alone with you, God. Hallelujah, Lord. <laughs> Seeking your face, God. Hallelujah, Lord. Away from the noise, God. Hallelujah, Lord. <laughs> My God, my God. Oh, God. Oh, God. Oh, God. Oh God, 
Wash your church, God. Hallelujah, Lord, in your presence. Wash your church, God, in your spirit, God. Let your glory fill this temple, God. Hallelujah. We want to be, God, a house of prayer. God, we want to be a house of prayer, God. Oh, God, hear our cry, God. God, bow down your ear to us today, God. God, incline your ear to us, God. Be attentive to our prayers, God. God, be attentive to our prayers, oh God, in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah, Lord. Come on, people of God. God want his hand up on you. Want to touch you today. Yes, yes. Yes, yes, yes. Rest up on us, Father. Come on, let it flow, let it flow, let it flow as we get ready to go. Come on, there's a spirit of prayer that's going to visit us. Come on, God, fill this place with a spirit of prayer, God. Fill this place, God, with a praying spirit, God. We want to be a praying people, God. Raise up morning women, God. Raise up people that want to pray. Raise up a people that are built on prayer, God. Raise us up, God. We want to pray before you, God. Blessed are they that mourn. Oh, Blessed are they that mourn. Call up on him, church. Hallelujah, Lord. We call you right now, God. Holy, holy, holy. Holy, 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 Lord God Almighty. Which was and is and is to come. Holy, holy, holy God. Holy God. God, you're holy God. You're perfect in all of your ways. Hallelujah, Lord. Hallelujah, Sunday. Hallelujah, Lord God. 
Hallelujah, Lord, in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Holy. Holy, holy, holy. Holy, holy, holy. Holy, 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 holy. God, you're holy, God. Holy 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 God.